Well, good morning, church. We have uh, been in a series the last several weeks called Valleys, and we finished that series uh, last week or the week before. Uh, we were gone, Dana and I and uh, family were gone a little bit. Uh, back in town now, uh, we were in Colorado, and it was amazing, just the weather. I think it got a high of about 85 uh, and anyway, not to make anybody jealous or whatever, but it was an amazing time away. We got some refreshing and just had some good time away. But this is home, and we love Yuma. We love this church. We love what God's doing here. And so it's good to be home, and it's good to be back in spite of whatever might drive people out this time of year. I'm going to begin a series, and I'm calling this series Promises. And I've been thinking through this for probably the last three weeks and uh, the, the promises of God I'm talking about, the promises of God. I, you know, I, I think we all know people uh, from our past, and hopefully we're not one of these people, that, uh, you know, we, well, let's just talk about somebody else, not ourselves, that we know people that make promises, we're going to do this, oh yeah, I'll take care of that, and they just don't do it. They just don't. And the thing is, is I think intentions are good, but intentions are not worth a follow-through. A follow-through is really what it takes. And so we begin to get disheartened with uh, with those type of situations when, when promises are made and they're not fulfilled. I want to tell you today that God is the original promise keeper. God made promises from the very, very beginning. As a matter of fact, every word that God spoke, every single word that God spoke is a word that you can base your life on you can build your life on because god is a promise keeper and so uh, i just want to start uh, today talking about uh, what a promise is and let me give you some definitions real quick uh you know here here's a it's a word of honor a promise is a word of honor uh it's to give your word it, it means your assurance it means uh, to make a pledge uh to make a vow uh, to take an oath, it's your bond. You ever heard somebody say, your word is your bond? Well, that's the truth. And uh, a covenant, that's another word for a promise. It's, it's a covenant. You know, we make a promise to our spouse when we, when we take those vows and we, and we join together in marriage. And nobody, nobody ever expects to break those promises. Well, I want you to know when God made promises to us, those promises are forever. There's nothing that can cause God to say, oh, didn't mean it. Oh, I'm going back on it. As a matter of fact, there's a verse here. Let me just real quick read this verse. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 and 20. New King James, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. That particular verse, you may have heard that before. Uh, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. That really came out of the part of a scripture there uh, in Numbers where there was a prophet named uh, Balaam, and uh, he was a uh, there was a, an evil king, uh, a bad king, and he was calling Balaam and asking him to come and to pronounce a blessing on the children of God. And, and the Lord spoke to the prophet, and he said, you can't do that. It's not gonna, you, you can't do that. I'm not, you know. And, and the, the prophet, you know, said, well, you know, king, I can't do that because God has put a blessing on them. 
And he said, just try. And so he goes and he stands up and he begins to try to put a curse on the children of God. I don't know why he would have done that. But instead of putting a curse, instead of speaking a curse, he spoke a blessing. He just reinforced the blessing that God had already put on the children of Israel. And then the second time he tried it, and, uh, you know, I guess it was all about the money at that point with him, all about the benefits that he might get from this king. But the thing was that the king uh, got angry with him because he wouldn't curse the children of God. And that's when he made this comment, God is not a man. And actually, that's where it's recorded here in this particular story, that God's not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. And so here's the thing, to repent. And when that word repent, this is what it means in the Old Testament word here that's used. It means to be sorry. So God's not sorry that he put a blessing on your life. God is not sorry. There's no regret in God's heart about speaking and pronouncing a blessing over your life. He's not regretting. He's not sitting and wringing his hands thinking, now what was I thinking? God, he, he's excited about it. He's not looking back. Another translation, another uh, uh, definition of that word is to breathe strongly like a snort. You know what I'm talking about. When something doesn't go right and you go, Ksh. it's like, what was I thinking? Why did I expect it to turn out any other way? And then, of course, the last one is grief. There, there's no grief in, in God's heart, uh, to suffer grief in God's heart uh, because he's pronounced a blessing over your life and on your life. Because the thing is, is God may see you where you are now. He may see you in the midst of what you're going through now, maybe even decisions that you're making now. I've been at places in my life where the decisions I was making, I was grieved over, let alone thinking, was I grieving God? Well, God doesn't look at our life in the now. He looks at our life beyond the now. And he sees what it is that he will do if we will stay on the path, if we will stay the course, if we will line ourselves up and begin to continue, if we will continue to move and follow after him. And so God has made promises and he's looking after them to make them good. He's watching over his word to perform it, the scriptures tell us. And so, uh, you know, when I was a young man, I remember uh, Pastor Messer, my pastor, I, I quote him a lot because he invested a lot in my life. And I remember he would preach a message. This was in the 70s. And he preached this message. And I'm sure he heard it somewhere himself because I've heard it other times myself. But the way he preached it, it got in my heart. It got in me. And it was called, the, he called it the three Ps, or maybe that's what I uh, wrote it down as. But it's the, the, the promise, the problem, and the provision. And he would talk about that when God makes a promise, when God makes a promise, uh, you know, we get excited and it gets in our heart and we're going, yes, we read it in the scriptures. There's a promise that God has made. I think the Bible, according to what uh, some people say, there's over 7,000 promises in the scripture. And that's wonderful. I know there's a lot. But when God makes a promise, here's what happens. The enemy comes immediately. As a matter of fact, you can kind of cross this with the parable of a sower. Because when God makes a promise, he speaks a word. And he speaks a word into your life, whether it be through the written word or speaking to your heart from what lines up with the written word. 
and that parable of the poor, the sower says that the sower went and he sowed seed all over the place. And it says after he sowed the seed, he says this seed, you know, fell by the wayside and it didn't produce. And this seed got eaten up by the birds. And this seed was on the footpath and it got trampled. And this seed over here fell on good soil and it found uh, root and it began to produce 30, 60, 80, 100 fold. And so the thing is, is we know that the seed will produce. The promises of God are yes and amen. But here's the thing. There's a little verse in that story in Luke uh, where it says that after the sower had sown the seed, it says the devil comes immediately and the problems begin. And the devil begins to try to take everything out of our heart, all the things out of our heart that God has spoken, all the dreams, all the, the expansion of the future and the, the good things that you know in your heart from the word that God has for you. The devil wants to come and trample it down. He wants to come and eat it up. He wants to destroy anything and everything that God may have spoken to you. And God has spoken to you and to I a lot of things, to myself a lot of things. And so there's the promise, but then the problem. And everybody goes through the problem. We get the promises from God all the time. We can see them, we can read them. But when the problems hit, that's when we have to keep our feet on the path. We have to continue to move forward. No matter what, we have to stay, uh, stay engaged and keep moving forward. No matter what we hear, no matter what we see, no matter what is done in our lives to try to get us off course, to get us off balance, we stay the course. And then, of course, the last P, so you got the promise, the problem, and then the last one was the provision. That's when God's, the promise of God comes to pass. God brings it to pass. Have you ever noticed when you, when you get a promise from God, whether you're reading the scripture or somebody speaks over you something, it's like you get excited and then in the next season of your life, you feel like you're 100 miles away from that. How can that possibly ever happen? Well, that's the work of the enemy. He wants to discourage and distract, get us off course. But you know what? If we stay on the path, no matter what goes on, God will fulfill. He watches over his word to perform it. He watches over his word to perform it. And so uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 13, New Living Translation, it says, Clearly, God's promise was given to the whole earth, uh, to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not based on his obedience. And to his, he says, uh, to God and to, to God's law. Let me, let me start that again. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not based on his, on Abraham's obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes through faith. You get that? God's not going to fulfill his promises to you because you dot all the I's and cross all the T's. He's not going to fulfill his promises because you never make a mistake, you never go maybe step out of line that's not what's going to bring god's promises to you what's going to bring god's promises to you is a right relationship that's what he just said it's the 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 thing of god fulfilling his his promise to you and to i is based on a right relationship that comes from god through faith and that's how our relationship with god really is 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 going on it's happening it's through faith it's through believing god's word and then of course psalm 105 verse 42 it says that he remembered his sacred promise to his servant Abraham. Now, this is written hundreds of years later. Matter of fact, the psalmist is writing this, and he's reflecting back because he knows that God kept his promise to Abraham. 
He knows that that already happened, that God gave them the promised land, that they entered in. Now, they didn't keep it the way God intended, but he gave it to them, and he kept his promise. So he says, uh, he remembered his sacred promise to his servant Abraham. Then Psalm 119, verse 49, uh, says, remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. See, sometimes when we find ourselves losing heart because, because we're looking at circumstances, we're looking at things going on all around us, we're looking at the news, we're looking at the things on, you know, on the Internet, we're looking at what the media, there's so many different methods that the media gets into us, the radio, newspaper, whatever we read, emails, and we begin to lose heart. We begin to lose our hope. We lose grip. And this is what he says, remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all of my troubles. See, if we ever come to the point where we think that God is not a promise keeper, let me say again, God is the original promise keeper. He is the ultimate promise keeper. He is a promise keeper to his core. He will make his word. He will see to it that his word comes to pass, but we have to stay the course in order to receive that promise. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 through 22. Let me read this. It says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes, and through Christ our our amen, which means yes. So there's a resounding yes and amen in in, uh, the promises of God for us. God has fulfilled those for us. Now, receiving those might be another story. Let me just uh, talk for just a second here about a thought on this. You know, about five years ago, five, six years ago, we had a family member that that went to be with the Lord. And, uh, you know, during the time where we were, you know, we were with them and we were losing them, uh, you know, somebody had mentioned, someone had mentioned during that time, it was right at the end before they left this life, left this world, somebody mentioned, isn't there a life insurance policy connected here? Isn't there? Because I don't, don't you remember? And I remember there was a little bit of, ah, you know, look, this is not the time. This is not to discuss it. And let's don't, I, I don't know. I don't think that's in force. I don't think, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, you know, there quickly thereafter, I mean, very quickly after, that person went to be with the Lord. And somebody else brought it up again and said, look, it, was, there, was there something there? And so uh, we made some calls. And lo and behold, found out absolutely. It was a life insurance policy connected there. Nobody ever expected to lose this person at this age. Nobody ever wants to collect a life insurance policy. I don't know. I'll just say that. I don't know if it's really true. I'm just saying rather than losing a loved one. Nobody, they would trade their loved one to have them for another day, another week, another month. I don't, you know, nobody's saying, I wish you'd hurry up and die other than the prodigal son. Dad, I wish you were gone so I could get my inheritance. But there was a life insurance policy there. But here's the thing. It did, they didn't call us. We had to pursue it. We had to get on the path, make the call, go find the paperwork, go in and, and connect and talk to them and turn paperwork in and, and verify and all this stuff. We had to provide certain paperwork to make sure that it was right and everything. And you know what? There was definitely a blessing there. Why am I telling that story? 
Because it's exactly the same way with the promises of God. God can promise you healing and wholeness. Oh, wait a minute. He has. He can promise you peace. He can promise you uh, all kinds of stuff that he'll be with you. He'll never leave you. That he'll fight your battles. He's promised all that. But if we don't know about it, you know what we do? We live in lack. We live without. We live in a place where we're just, oh God, we're praying for God to do what he's already done. As opposed to stepping into it and receiving it by faith, confessing it, standing on it, declaring it, moving forward to see it come to pass. And so this scripture says that all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Then he goes on and he says, it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ Uh, He has commissioned us. He has identified us as his own by placing, listen, the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that, that guarantees everything he has promised to us. The thing is, when God put his Holy Spirit in us, when we are born again, his spirit comes to live inside of us. And we can talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit opposed to his spirit coming into us when we're saved another day. But when we receive Christ, his spirit lives inside of us. Our spirit is born again, and his spirit comes to live inside of us. And that was the first installment. He's the one that reminds us. He's the one that leads us and guides us. He's the one that comforts us. He's the one that that puts us in remembrance of all the things that God has said. Why? Because when we're feeling sick, he says, hey, there's a payment already been made for for your wholeness. Oh, yeah. And then we begin to respond and we begin to, to live our lives. Why, do we, why am I telling you all this? Because God is a promise keeper. And if you don't know, and I don't know, and I believe we know many, many of the promises, but if we don't have a, a quick recall, if we don't have the ability, see, when you go through something, you may not know what to do, but we get into the Word. And if we don't know where in the Word to find it, we call somebody. What does the Bible say about this? Is there, is there a promise of God that I'm not aware of? How do I move through? I am... I am the, the, probably one of the, the biggest proponents of, I'll, I'll go on and I'll search through the concordance to try to find something to help me navigate through circumstances. I'm probably not. Everybody probably does that. But the thing is, is it's not enough to know it's in the book. We have to know where it is. We have to be able to bring it out. We have to be able to say, God, this is what I'm standing on. And God, you are a promise keeper. All the words of God, all the promises of God are yes and amen. That's what the scripture says. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Now, today, what I want to do, I'm just going to finish with this message right now because I want to go on for the next several weeks, uh, myself and Pastor Joe and whoever else we, we, we bring in to, to share the word. We're going to be talking along these topics and subjects, but I want you to know this, that God's word is, is, is a personal Bible. It's a personal word to you. It's not written to people somewhere else a long time ago. It's for you today. And all God wants us to do is take him at his word. That's all. Take him at his word. And so let me take a minute and pray right now because I believe that maybe you've heard something today that has stirred in your heart, that stirred in your life, that's something in you that's going, well, what does God say about my situation? Whatever it is. I promise you, God's word, there's a word for that. It may not be exact wording of what you're looking for, but God responds from his word. And if we position ourselves 
in that place to know that God will not leave us. He won't forsake us. His promises to you. If you are in Christ, and that scripture that I just read a second ago, all the promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ. All of them. If you are in Christ, every promise in the scriptures belongs to you. But if you don't know where it is, it doesn't help you. Let's pray.